Good to see everybody at all of our campuses, Edgewood, Bel Air, and Mountain Road. I want to say before we get started, um, you may or may not be aware that um, over the last uh, several weeks, we've just welcomed hundreds of people at Mountain, many of them looking for uh, a connection with God they've never had, some of them trying to find their way back to God. Some of, some of you maybe are right here in this hour. We welcome you. Uh, you're finding out you have a shepherd, and that's what we're here for, and we're super glad about that. I want to say something to you 8 o'clock people um, that uh, you may not realize. Uh, you're helping by being here because we have nine services on a weekend, and two of them at our Mountain Road campus are really, really full, and they tend to be the ones where most of our guests want to come also. So by being here, you're serving the Lord. By coming to this service is part of your service, whether you know it or not. We're trying to send some more people to the 8 o'clock service, and we're saying if you live close to one of the campuses, go to those campuses and uh, consider coming Saturday night, Sunday night, 8 o'clock, because obviously we have even more room to grow here. So when they come, welcome them in and make them feel uh, welcome. And uh, that's how we keep going and growing. It seems like the very kind of thing that Jesus would do to keep welcoming, stretching, growing, accommodating people that are, are coming. We don't want folks to be uh, making the big spiritual step in their life to say, okay, I'm going to try God and then be hassled by the crowd in the parking lot. Some of us will push through all that uh, because we're regulars, but we don't want it to be that way for new folks. So thanks for what you're doing. Whether you knew it or not, you're serving by when you come to service. So way to go, 8 o'clock people. I won't expect you to uh, you know, acknowledge that, say amen or applaud, because it is 8 o'clock. And uh, I know what it's like. Hey, so today's the big game. Uh, everyone's all excited about the Super Bowl, except for the people who couldn't care less. And it seems like it's about half and half every year. Um, but I know that you're dying to know if the Lord has provided a prophetic word about the game, as is our tradition. Well, I have good news for you, because I thought it wasn't going to happen. But just this morning... As I got out of bed, because I always sleep with my Bible, you know, after praying and, you know, every night for several hours uh, in bed every night, I got up uh, to pray, of course, and the Bible fell open on the floor. And there my eyes did fall upon these very words in the Job chapter 39, verse 26, which says, Does the hawk take flight by your wisdom and spread its wings? Toward the south, clearly a reference to the Seahawks going down south to the Phoenix place for the, for the Super Bowl, right? I mean, it's pretty obvious. So I said, well, Lord, I beseech thee, who, who's going to win, the New England Patriots or the Seattle Seahawks? And then, verily, he led my finger to point to Leviticus chapter 11, verse 13, which says, these are the birds you are to detest because they are detestable, and it names several, the eagle, the vulture, any kind of raven, an owl, and any kind of hawk. So right there it says that God detests the Seahawks. Notice that it also mentions the eagles and the ravens who didn't make it to the Super Bowl either. I said, Lord, could it be? Are you, could you make it more clear? And then the Lord brought it to my mind. What is the name of that New England Patriot quarterback? What's his name again? Oh, yes, Tom Brady. That's right. You hear the word braid in there. And then it dawned on me that he's won how many Super Bowls? Three, which you know what that is. That's a triple Brady. Stay with me here. That's a triple Brady. And I said, Lord, can, can a triple Brady be broken? And just then, a wind blew through my house and riffled the pages of my Bible. And my eyes looked down, and surely there upon the pages were these words from Ecclesiastes 4, which says, A triple Brady cord cannot be easily broken. Triple Brady, braided, whatever. So right there is a definitive word from the Bible. Whether we like it or not, Patriots are going to beat the detestable Seahawks, and you heard it right here. Okay. Thank you. The Lord really leads us and guides us, doesn't he? It's great to have a Bible. 
So there you go. Okay. Well, enough of the nonsense. Uh, we're in week four of our series called uh, The Struggle is Real. And, uh, of course, it's about those first world uh, whiny problems that we have that are not really problems because we all know there are plenty of real struggles in each of our lives. Real stresses, real problems. The struggle is real. Um, and, of course, the, the wonderful news that we're coming to be reminded of and filled with is that not only do you have a real struggle, you and I, we have a real shepherd as well. The shepherd is in many ways more real than the struggle that we have. And so returning to this old familiar friend from Psalm 23, I like to say Psalm 23 is right in the middle of our Bibles because it ought to be right in the middle of our lives as well. It points us to the shepherd that we can find and follow. And so let's go there again. I'm going to ask you to stand as we've been doing each week out of reverence for God, out of respect for His Word. And let, as, we, as you share these, these uh, words together out loud in unison, let it be part of a prayer where you tell the Lord that you're my shepherd. And let it, at the same time, be God's way of giving you some of the promises that He has for you. We've changed, uh, got a fresh translation for you, so we have to really engage with the words, each phrase. Are you ready? Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, gentle shepherd, God, thank you for the way you've led us, for the way you've led each of us individually, for the way that you've led our families, our church. For the way you've helped us find space in our lives that are like green pastures, some soul refreshment along the way of our busy lives. And some of us, Lord, we've walked through dark valleys even this week. And all of us know someone who's in a dark valley now. Thank you for never abandoning us and meeting us in the darkness. Thank you for always providing what we need. Help us to see joys in the simple things that you give us. Help us to see our cups are overflowing even when we feel half full. Thanks for always pursuing us with your love and mercy. And now, Lord, as we think about following you and trusting your lead and making decisions that take us in the right path, Lord, we ask for your help because we're stubborn sheep, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, grab a seat. Let's do a quick review. We began at the beginning. The Lord is my shepherd. We began by saying, well, the Lord can't be your shepherd until the shepherd is your 
Lord, right, the shepherd's got to be your Lord, and if he's your Lord, then you can begin by just saying, well, not only am I going to do what he says, I'm going to cast my cares on him. I'm going to let him worry. If it's big enough for me to worry about, it's big enough for me to pray about. So I cast my cares on the shepherd when he's my Lord. And I can stop talking to myself, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I can start talking to the shepherd. Lord, I need you to do what only you can do. And then we talked about, I shall not want, I will lack for nothing. God will provide what we really need, which means I can stop gazing and start grazing and stop looking at the other side of the fence and always being discontented with who I am and what's going on and just enjoy the blessing and the benefit of what God has provided for me, knowing that he will take care. And then last week, Rob reminded us that when we're in a constant state of hurry, we can't really hear the voice of God. And so how important it is to find those green pastures of restoration and refreshment, even if the Lord has to make us lie down through, through rest and rhythms that will bring us to those things. And today, we're zooming in on the last part of verse 3, which says, when we follow the shepherd, he will lead us and he will guide us. He'll lead us in paths of righteousness. It means literally the right path. God will lead us in the right way, the right track. When, but, but notice, you have to follow the shepherd. The shepherd's out front. The shepherd's not behind driving always. You have to be able to follow where the shepherd leads to go in the right way. So today is a good day to think about your life and what direction you're going in. I mean, overall, maybe big picture, or maybe there's a specific decision or path that you're on. Are you on the right path? Is the track that your life is in going to lead you to the place where you will become and be the person that God is wanting you to be and you want to become? Is your path the right one? Are the decisions that you're making, what's the basis for those decisions? How do, what's the filter that you think through in order to process and make decisions? Is there any real sense in your life that the shepherd is leading you? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in the right paths. You know, the word for stress comes from the Latin word that means to be pulled tight taut like a rope or string that has tension on both ends. You ever felt like that? Every time you face a decision, it can feel like that. On the one hand, there's this that's pulling this way, and I feel that, and that makes sense, and maybe I ought to do that, but wait a second, don't forget this, and my feeling, maybe my head and my heart are in contrast, and I'm pulling this way, or I see the other side of the argument, and pretty soon it's like, ding, it's just super tight, and that's how we can feel, that's why we feel stress, especially if we don't know how to lead ourselves or make a decision on certain things. Life is a series of choices, connected decisions that make up who we are. Aren't, isn't it true? Should I hold on or let go? Should I get in or stay out? Should I say yes or no? Should I, get, should I keep going or stop? Should I get married or hold off? Which one, this one or that one? Should I say something or keep quiet? Should I keep persisting and hang in there or back off and take a new angle? A new job or stick it out. Move or stay. Tell her or keep quiet. Ask him or forget it. Be firmer or more gentle. <laughs> Does anyone else worry about these things or think about them or feel the tension of it? Be more involved or back off. Buy it or forget about it. It's a series of choices. We make our decisions and then our decisions 
make us. Life is constantly bringing us to two roads that diverge in the middle of the wood, and the one we choose makes all of the difference, as the poet said. That's why it can be stressful. And so James, in chapter 1, talks about a person. He says the double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. When you're double-minded, when you, when you literally don't know which mind to choose or how to go about something, it's like the, the word unstable there is the same word that's used to describe a drunk person staggering down the street. When a drunk person can't see which way they're going, you don't know which, way, which wall they're going to bounce off of next. And sometimes we can feel the same way, and that's stressful. And sometimes it can lead to decisions that we regret. Have you seen this funny uh, TV commercial that's going around right now for... Um, this insurance company where people make these dumb decisions that they live to regret. And uh, in fact, I, I don't know if you've seen it or not, so I brought it for you. So watch the screen, see if you can tell what dumb decisions some of these folks have made. Yeah, I've got regrets. A few things I'd do differently. Mistakes. I wish could be unmade. If only I could turn back time. But what's done is done. And what I lost in dignity, I've gained in wisdom. So when it came time to choose an insurance company... For my business. For my home. For my car. And everything else I own. I went with Chubb. And that's a decision I'll never regret. So there you go. That's one thing when we make decisions that we regret. If it's a perm or a bad tattoo or leaving our little goggles on in the, in the tanning booth. Or even <laughs> getting a tattoo that you regret. But it's another when it changes your life, wrecks your family, breaks your heart, gets you off track. The punchline for that commercial is, I've chosen this insurance company and that's a decision I'll never regret. Because our decisions do make us after a while. Who you marry, what career path you choose, what house you buy, which job you take, friends you hang out with, how you spend your time and money and invest your emotions, what you say yes to, you say no to what you fill your mind with and lead your heart. You know, the reason that we make bad decisions sometimes and have trouble following is because we're like sheep. Did you know that? I read that sheep don't have any top teeth. They have thick gums called a dental pad. Did you know that? That has nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was so interesting I'd tell it to you. Because <laughs> we're not really like sheep in that way. But we are like sheep. You know, choosing the right insurance company isn't enough. Choosing the right shepherd is a decision we'll never regret. And, and the problem is that's tough for us because we're like sheep. You know, a few weeks back we had Sam the Lamb, my little friend out here, and uh, live sheep that was here. And I'll tell you, I learned a lot about being a shepherd and I learned a lot about sheep just in that weekend exchange with that stupid creature. That thing was so stubborn. And, and it was always, every time we moved... It was yanking and pulling with all of its might. It had no clue what it wanted to do or where it wanted to go. It just wanted to go there fast. You know, every time I tried to take it off the stage, it wanted to go back to the bass guitarist and visit. It had no idea why, wouldn't do what to do when it got there, but boy, it was pulling me. My daughter Ellie was trying to walk it around the building. Well, it got spooked or scared, took off. And it's a lot bigger and stronger than my daughter Ellie. Next thing she knows, she's down, holding on to the leash, dragging her 30 feet across the sidewalk, ruining her clothes. She's like... Nuts to you, go wherever. It's, it's like, thanks. You know, it's off right. It doesn't know what it wants to do or where it wants to go. It just kind of runs and then stops, stares at a wall. That's a sheep for you. 
And I think maybe God feels the same way with us as we say to him, I want to go here, I want to go there, I want to do what I want to do. Let's go, let's just go, I want to do it. And we, we act stupid. And if, I feel like sometimes he just wants to say, go ahead, knock yourself out, see where it gets you. It's like that advertisement for coffee. Have you seen that little advertisement for coffee? It says, drink coffee, do stupid things faster with more energy. It's like, be a human so you can do stupid things really fast with a lot of energy. Be like a sheep. You see, they're all the same. Psalm 100 says, we're... We're sheep of God's pasture. We are. It sounds like, oh, cute, isn't that darling? Jesus is holding his little lambs in his arms. Well, it's cute until you think about what sheep are really like. And the fact is, they're flat out stupid, and they're stubborn, and they're directionless, which is why Scripture means when, we, when it says we're sheep of his pasture, sometimes what it really means is Isaiah 53, we're all like sheep who've gone astray. You have and I have. Just like Sam the lamb, eager to push on and do our own thing, each of us to our own way. Proverbs 14 puts it this way. There is a way that seems right to a stupid sheep, but in the end it only leads to death and destruction. Seems right to us. Let's go here, let's do that. Let's do it with a lot of energy and enthusiasm. I'm haunted when I think of that picture, that group selfie picture of a bunch of young people a couple years back. They were hiking out in some canyons out west. Remember this one? all smiling and everything like that. They found the camera later because what they didn't know or ignored was that just up the mountain, despite their warnings, they were on the wrong path because there was a big gully of uh, water that was rushing down, washed them all away, killed them all. But in that moment, taking the picture, they were all so happy because it was a path that seemed right to them. But in the end, it led to destruction. And our whole society is filled with those kind of happy selfies that look so good in the moment. It seems right to us. It seems like that's where we must go. But in the end, it leads to destruction. So when you end up following your gut, it can break your heart. When you have a bright idea, it can end up leading you to a dark place. When you go down a path that seems, according to your own thinking, like it's really going to lead you someplace, it can actually be a dead end for a relationship or a financial decision or a family. When you feel like something is what you crave or desire, and if that's the basis for your decisions and your leading, you're going to find out that it actually doesn't leave you very satisfied or very filled. So we want to just be honest enough to say that just like Sam the Lamb, we're a lot like sheep. Scripture promises we are. That's not so flattering all the time. We like to go astray. And so let me share with you four very important things about sheep today, about us. And if you're interested in saying to the Good Shepherd, lead me. Lead me in the right path. If you're interested in that, because you trust the shepherd and he's your Lord. Then it'll inform the path you're choosing. It'll help you with the decision you're making. It'll help you know who to follow and how to get where you want to be. So let me share four of those four things with you. First, the thing is to remember this. You're a sheep, which means, guess what? You need a shepherd. Sounds simple. But if we're like sheep, the fact is we need a shepherd. We need a guide. We need some help in making the decisions about our path and our decisions and our directions and the dilemmas we face. Bottom line, sheep are stubborn and stupid and they have a predictable inclination to lose their way. Left to themselves, sheep will make a mess of their pasture. They get lost and they can't find their way back home. A lot of animals have a kind of built-in 
compass, a sort of homing device in them. You notice some animals have that. A dog you can send out and it'll come back. But, but not sheep. They get all mixed up. They get very lost and confused. Once they get lost, the shepherd has to go find them or they'll get eaten by a predator. And we're much the same way. I once saw a cartoon that, that has a picture of two sheep. They're out there in the field grazing and one of the sheep says to the other, you know, all we like people have gone astray. One guy got it. <laughs> sheep are like people. People are like sheep. Both are easily lost, which is why we need a shepherd. Because we have a profound tendency, don't we? You do and I do, to desert what's good for us. The grass always looks greener somewhere else, which leads us away from God. Which is why, even though we can hear words of truth and we can hear the warnings... We still say, I will handle my marriage the way I want to. I will raise my kids the way I want to, the way my daddy did. Doggone it. I'll treat my parents the way I want to. I'll, I'll have fun on my terms. I'll run my business the way that makes sense to me. I'll keep the values in my life that I want to. And so all this me, my, and our own, our own self-leading is the part where it says we'll go astray. And it's called sin. And sin will always take you farther than you want to go and make you stay longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. So we just have to realize that there is a way that seems right to us in our best sheep-like thinking, but in the end isn't the right way. So you get to choose your insurance company. Well, guess what? You get to choose your shepherd too, and you need one. And Jesus then arrives on the scene, God's gift to us to say, I am the good shepherd. And then what does Jesus say? Follow me. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to know everything. You have to follow Jesus. And that's not just a decision to get you into heaven. That's a decision to help you know how to navigate every significant moment of your life. Follow me. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I'm the way. That's, a, that's not a sort of decision you make and sign a card and go forward and say, I'm done with God. It's a, it's a lifelong following of Jesus that he's asking because that's what we really need as his sheep. It's hard for us to do that, to admit we need a shepherd. We don't even like to ask for directions. But we need more than GPS and ask.com and Google to make it through this life. We need a shepherd because we're not designed to, to self-navigate. And Jesus says, I am that good shepherd. He not only wants to provide and protect, he wants to guide and direct. Jesus not only wants to feed you, he wants to lead you. So, are you allowing Jesus to lead your life? Are you following him or are you only just lining up and waiting for the next feeding? The blessing part. What about the path you're on? Are you following Jesus in the path that your life is taking? Is there a decision that you have in this season of your life, maybe even this week of your life, that needs to be more fully surrendered to the Lord so that the way you're thinking about it is the way that his word and his will desires. When we lead ourselves, we go astray. When we are led by a shepherd, 
then he can guide us in the right path. And he says, let me do that for my name's sake. In other words, when you follow the Lord, it's good for you. It's also good for the Lord. Because his reputation's on the line. If you're a follower of his, then how you live matters. What a sheep look like and behave like matters to him. So, you're a sheep. You need a shepherd. Number two, you're a sheep and you can't see very far because you're a sheep. Did you know this about sheep? You can't sh see very far. But, but the shepherd can, so you just got to make sure you're following him. Uh, sheep really have bad eyesight. I didn't know this. A lot of them can only see about 15 yards, which is why when I had Sam the Lamb out here, it was all good because he, couldn't, he didn't know you were here, except for that one guy that kept talking to him. Like, I was like, shush. But that's why he didn't panic and freak out. He had no idea you were here. Sheep are nearsighted. They're myopic beasts. They're blind as a bat <laughs> or blind as a sheep. They can't see very far. Uh, they, they can be on a path, and they'll just follow that path. The next couple of feet in front of it, doesn't, they, don't, they don't have a, a sense or capacity to think, where is this path going? They just take one step at a time, which is why sheep often flirt very close to dangerous ledges and edges. They can graze perilously close to danger because they're just focused on what they want. The grass right down there, their head is down, they f and they can fall right off. So they need a shepherd to kind of guide them who can see the big picture and, 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 and guide them back to safety. What about you in your nearsighted, myopic way of living? Are you playing close to an edge right now in any part of your life? Because you're so focused on what you want that you're not admitting or recognizing danger you might be in. Good friend, brother here in the church, spent some days at a treatment center this last week. Extended retreat and focused time to try to unroot lifetime patterns because he's addicted to pornography. He dabbled in it from a young age and then he tumbled right off that cliff. What's the cliff in your life? that you have a tendency to flirt too close to the edge of. Because you want what you want and you're not lifting your head up to really see what's what. You like the situation, but maybe it's a dangerous cliff you could tumble off. You know, the shepherd uses a stick to kind of gently nudge or push a sheep. Maybe you've been feeling that in your life. Sometimes he'll poke or bop. Or use his little crook just to kind of pull you back. Maybe you've been sensing that. Maybe someone has warned you. Maybe someone's said some things. Are you sure that's a good idea? And maybe you've ignored that in your life. The shepherd loves you and can see what you can't see. When, when the shepherd is leading you, are you going to respond? God did not make you to see down into the future. We don't always know how this decision is going to unfold into the next and into the next. But way leads unto way. And our life is handed to us as a series of our decisions. But we're nearsighted, and so we need to follow a shepherd. Because we may not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. So you follow that shepherd, and he will guide you in the right path. You're a sheep, so admit you need a shepherd. You're a sheep, so admit you can't see very far. You're a sheep, so 
remember this, sometimes the shepherd moves the sheep. Sometimes the shepherd moves you. But no matter what the change is, it's always for your good. See, sheep are, are, are creatures of habit. If you leave them to themselves, they'll always follow the same trails. They'll stay in the same path until it becomes a rut and then a deep ravine and then the water comes and washes the whole thing out. and It, it ruins everywhere. Sheep can just destroy their own living quarters. So there's nothing left. Turns the place into a wasteland. Plus they just pollute it with their own defecation and, and there's so much waste it becomes corrupted with parasites and disease. See, we're a little bit like sheep, aren't we? The places where we live, we can make a stinky mess out of them because we just get in the same ruts. And we need a guide to help us and sometimes bring change into our lives and bring a new direction. If you don't keep moving forward and get out of the rut you're in, in a marriage, for example, it can become stinky and barren and infested over time. But just moving anywhere like a crazy Sam the Lamb sheep isn't the answer. Just getting restless and going to buy a Corvette or stopping off at the bar every night on the way home to, to ease the pain is not the answer. You've you got to keep moving, but you've got to let God guide you. You know, many of the, the, the world's finest sheep ranges have been ruined beyond repair by overgrazing. What happens is the sheep, they're just... They just love what's going on there, but they're so focused and dumb, they don't know that they're ruining their own lives by just eating down to the nubbins and there's nothing left. And it takes a shepherd to come along before that happens to preserve that area so they can come back to it later to move them along to fresh pastures. I read where sheep will paw right down and, and get the roots right out of the soil so there's nothing left. It just ravages the whole place with erosion. It becomes infested with worms and insects. Well, the sheep, if you ask them, they like to stay put. They don't want to move. They don't like change. They, they're in the rut. They like it. They know it. But a good shepherd will know that part of what is involved in taking care of the sheep is to move them along at the right time. You dare not leave a sheep in the same place too long or they'll never find the fresh pasture and keep growing. It's true for you and me, isn't it? Moving us along is something that God has a knack for, pushing us out of our comfortable pastures. Even with unwelcome changes that come into our life, those are the very ways that God grows us as He leads us through what might be a difficult passage to greener pastures and a table that's set before us. Notice that it doesn't say the shepherd will lead us on the easy path. It doesn't say, He leads me in cushy green pastures for His name's sake. No, no. The right path sometimes is a hard place to walk. We might be in a place that feels comfortable and then we're led through what is a difficult place, even a tragedy or through a, up a steep slope or on a rocky place or a scary ledge. The right path path is not always the easy path. Can anybody say, I know what you're talking about? It can be a difficult path, but it's always going to be a path of God's leading us for your good and for his good, for his name's sake. The shepherd walks before you. He's leading on because he knows that sometimes the only way to get you to a green pasture is to lead you through some rough stuff to get there. So that's why the key to your spiritual life is just your relationship with the shepherd and say to the shepherd, where you lead, I will follow. Where is your shepherd leading you? And are you willing to follow him no matter what or only if it feels easy to you? Are you willing to follow your shepherd even when it's difficult? 
Your path may not be easy today. You may even be being led through a dark valley, as we'll talk about next week. But you just got to remember, there's a, there's a table that's being prepared for you on the other side, and your job right now is to follow and to trust and obey and know that that shepherd is leading you in the right direction, and he's moving you. There's a, there's a move that needs to happen in your life. How about your life? Is there a change, maybe, that the shepherd is wanting you to make in your life in order to have you better follow him on the right path? Is there a change in your life that needs to happen? Is there a change that God would want to bring into your life so you would be drawn closer to him? A different pasture for you? Is there a familiar rut in your life that you can sense is probably not very healthy for you? A friendship or a part of your job or a habit, a thought process that you know God's nudging you to leave behind and follow him to some fresh, better place for you to grow in? What is Jesus saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? So you're like a sheep, aren't you? So am I. And we need a shepherd. We can't see very far. And sometimes he moves us. Let me just give you one more. You're a sheep, so stay close to the shepherd. Stay close to the shepherd because that's your life. That's everything. For us, as disciples of Jesus, that's everything. How close are you staying to the shepherd is everything. The distance between the shepherd and the sheep determines the potential for danger. The greater the distance, the greater the danger. You know, sheep have this strong instinct to follow whoever's right in front of them. When one sheep decides to go somewhere, the rest of the flock tends to follow him. Even if it's to slaughter or over the edge of a cliff, like we said. They're kind of conditioned. Younger ones are conditioned to follow older ones. It's like a hardwired thing in there. And so it's very much how we are. We tend to follow those around us. That's why you know, we sometimes find ourselves in trouble is we listen to the wrong voices. We do the things our friends or family or others that sometimes are advising us. And so this is a reminder for us to stay close to the shepherd. And then Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice. Do you hear the voice of Jesus? And do you know what he's saying? You know, sometimes we don't know what to do in a decision. We don't know where God is leading us. And sometimes the reason is because he wants us to struggle and listen more intently than ever. And sometimes it's because we just don't ask. Jesus says, ask seek knock jeremiah says if you look for the lord you're going to find him jesus says my sheep can hear and will hear my voice james says you know what if you lack wisdom ask god wants he's eager he's anxious to direct and guide your life sometimes the reason we don't know is because we don't ask there's there's radio waves all over this room right now tv waves and all kind of stuff stuff coming in on cell phones but you can't see any of it but if you got a device bam there it is well guess what you're a device called a sheep that god has designed to pick up his frequency he intends for you to be led by him and to understand what he's saying and and sometimes you know as christian people we've got to learn that the way you do that is not always just your feelings oh i've just got to feel what god is saying to me you know as if we got to have a quiver in our liver or get some emotional high or have some sort of you know fortune cookie moment where oh oh it's god he's talking to me no it doesn't have to be that way it's not always going to come in some emotional moment nor is it going to always come in some rational, logical thing where it's going to absolutely eliminate every sense of doubt or mystery and you're going to know exactly with, with clear like we had this ridiculous Super Bowl predictions. It's not always going to come that way. 
If you want to hear the voice of God, you've got to hear it in the revelation that comes through Jesus and through the written word, the Bible. Jesus will lead you and he will speak to you, but don't expect it to come in a way that isn't already revealed in this book. So the Bible, you see, becomes this book that isn't just this foreign off-putting thing that I don't understand, but it's going to come alive as I sink my heart into it. Get into the Word, people, so the Word can get into you. So get on version and do a daily app you know, that will give you a, a daily verse or a daily reading in the car. Listen to, to things that will nurture your brain with the Word of God as He reveals it to you. The, Psalm 119 says the Bible is like a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And, 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 and Scripture says in Colossians, as I immerse myself in, as I dwell deeply in the Word of Christ, then it becomes part of who I am and I filter my life, my decisions, my dilemmas, my path through the Word of God. And these are ways that I begin to have some sense of confidence. Instead of staggering, I begin to know, I know what God's Word says about this, and this is, this is going to help me in this decision, this dilemma, this path, my life. Just one super practical example. Uh-oh, what did I do with it? I think I lost it. <clears throat> oh, well. <clears throat> I put together <clears throat> a simple little guide called the Psalms in real life. I love the Psalms so much. They've helped me in my life. I hear the voice of God through them and it helps me speak back to God. It gives me my prayers when I don't know what to pray. And so I've, I just went through the Psalms and pulled out several of my favorite and grouped them by categories, kind of like what you'd call a concordance in a simple little tool called Psalms in Real Life. We've got them available for you today out at the information desk. But when you have a question about everything from depression or low self-esteem or struggling with doubt or difficulty about sadness or grief or loss or when you want to cry out because someone's persecuting you or you want to, to know how to stay on mission or you want to know how to think about death or all those, I've, I've got dozens and dozens of categories. I've put just, here's a psalm to look at for that and, and you, can, you can just look at those whenever you want. Just one more practical way. Grab the tool today on your way out. I'll put it on my blog this week as well, and you can grab it there if you want an electronic copy. But one more way for you to know that God speaks to you because we've just got to find ways through our small groups, through being here on the weekend, through the individual time you spend in God's Word, on you version, on your computer, on your phone, on your app, whatever it's going to take to let the Word of God get into us. And then we'll have a sense that the Lord is leading us. Stay close to your shepherd. And the way you do that is by feeding on who he is and his word. Let me show you a picture of, of a sheep. Take a look at this guy. His name is Shrek. Shrek became famous several years ago because he was found after hiding out in caves for six years. Um, and during that time, as you can see, his fleece grew just a little bit. Uh, no one was there to shave it. And so when they finally found him, they shaved it, and his fleece weighed an amazing 60 pounds. So most sheep have about 10 pounds of stuff when they finally shave them. Um, maybe exceptional, a little over that, but poor Shrek was carrying around six times the weight that he needed to be. Why? Because he strayed away from his shepherd. He went away and hid in a cave somewhere. Maybe you can relate to Shrek. Maybe you've been straying away from your shepherd, and as a result, you're carrying around an extra load. You're trying to navigate all on your own. You're foraging for yourself. Trying to avoid a haircut. When they found Shrek, 
It took them about a half an hour to get rid of that 60-pound fleece, and he felt, the one who shorn him said, he looked like he felt a lot better. I can think so. But all it took was coming home to his shepherd. Maybe it's time for you to step more in line, to come home to your shepherd, to get rid of whatever weight you're trying to carry as a result of being out there on your own in a cave somewhere. To let him lead you and guide you, provide you and protect you. It's time to come home to the shepherd. Let's pray together. Lord, we submit our plans to you. We surrender our decisions to you. And we want to follow Jesus. So lead us, Lord. Savior, like a shepherd, would you lead us? And help us to follow. Amen.